So we've decided to have a session to discuss a very personal mm-hmm. part of our prayer life, and that's the quiet time. Mm-hmm. The what we call quiet time, and what um, the Bible or the Lord referred to as the secret place. Mm-hmm. It's an intimate part of our mm-hmm. prayer life, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's so intimate and so personal that we actually wouldn't dare overstep in this area and try to instruct so please, for the duration of this session, rather sit back, relax, and reflect with us on this area of our prayer lives. And we're going to try, as we discuss, as we go through some scriptures, really just guide you in areas and see in which way we can enrich our personal quiet times with the Lord. But we're not going to instruct or say this is right and this is wrong, um, because it is so personal. Mm. Um, So, first, before we start start our discussion, let's go to the scripture where the Lord himself shares with his disciples on the secret place. And this is in the Sermon on the Mount, in the Gospel of Matthew. So we're in Matthew chapter 6, and we'll pick it up from verse 5. And when you pray, you shall not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the corners of the streets, that they may be seen by men. Assuredly, I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your father, who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So we're going to ignore the context a little bit because he's, he's working in a bit of a rebuke mm. and he's contrasting uh, the prevailing attitude towards prayer uh, while advising or guiding us into a better attitude towards prayer. Mm. We're going to focus on the positive part of the scripture. And he says, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Mm. And I think we want to focus for the sake of this discussion on specifically that part of Mm. this the words of the Lord Mm. he says when you pray go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in the secret place and I think the question would be for many people what is the secret place Mm. where is the secret place and it's been I think a lot of theories and a lot of speculation, I don't think any of it was right or wrong. Mm. The fact is that um, that secret place is inside of us, Mm. yet the secret place is us shifting from 
to the place where we are, mm. into another place where we enter into His presence yes. and into a mindfulness and an experience of Him. Mm. And we're going to look at that, but let's first focus on something pretty practical. Mm. It says, your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And so I think this brings us to an aspect of uh, our quiet time. So very often I think people tend to expect the reward mm. to be the intimate meeting in the quiet place. Yes, expecting to receive the reward in the secret place. In the secret place. Yeah. And so we can... Uh, make something out of the secret place that it might not be intended to be mm. by the Lord. Mm. And so let's address that first, very practically. Mm. I think um, uh, it's, it would have been true for most of us that we uh, would enter into a quiet place, we have every intention to honor the Lord, mm. but we then might wonder if it was a successful quiet time. Yes. How do we measure if we did everything we were supposed to do, got everything out of it that we were supposed to get? I think there's also, um, we do and we've cultivated a mindset that for every day the Lord has prepared a specific portion, a specific work you know, for our hands, or some revelation even from His side. And I think... Uh, Together with that, there might be the expectation that, you know, have I eaten my entire portion for the day? Did I read where I was supposed to read? Did I hear what I was supposed to hear? And, um, yeah, just to add to, to what you're saying. So I think, firstly, let's practically look at it. I think, um, yeah, we can see that the secret phase is the start mm. of a process. And our Father who sees in secret will reward us openly. So, in my experience, the reward that comes out of the uh, quiet time, the secret place, behind closed doors, mm. um, tend to come later in the day and through the day. Mm. Very often, out of the quiet time, there'd be a specific flow. Mm. Um, I call it the conversation. <laughs> and, and just to put everybody at ease, the conversation doesn't happen in the same way every day. Sometimes there's less of a conversation. Sometimes in the morning, the quiet time is quality time. But I find that there's more of a me reflecting mm. on the Lord. Yes. And less of an active conversation. And then some mornings, this could also, just to put this right, um, I'm going to refer to mornings, but it could be evenings. He could, uh, he could draw you closer in the middle of the night, mm. in the evening, through the day. But we want to emphasize making time in the morning. Mm. in the beginning of the day for a very specific reason it says here when you pray go into your room and shut the door so there's a withdrawing mm. a drawing away to the Lord that's very important mm. so mm. take note 
a drawing away from other things and other people to the Lord. Mm. Right. And it's in the secret place. It is where the Lord will behold and perceive all of you, your life, your heart attitude and your motivations. Mm. And we understand that he always, he always knows all things. But here we make ourselves available and transparent yes. and vulnerable. Yes. Actively participating in, Lord, here I am. Yes. Look into my heart and my life. Shine your light into every corner of my heart and my thoughts. And um, reform, renew and restore. A rebuke, um, if need be. Mm. Um, that would be the attitude there. But now, very often, out of the place of meeting, mm. of intimacy, uh, there would be a flow, a flow in the spirit that takes the form of a conversation. Mm. And later in the day, as I interact with other people, yes. as situations arise, as I have to uh, process the world around me, respond to the world around me, make decisions, very often I now start to see the connection yes. between the morning's conversation, between whatever he highlighted out of the Word, wherever he took me to pay attention to certain aspects of the Word, that starts to connect mm. with what I needed to know and understand mm. through the day. Yes. So, I find that quite times he tends to give us what we need for the day. Mm. Perhaps just on that note, I think maybe we sometimes also misunderstand what it is that we need for the day. Mm. You know, my thing that might be that we think that every day we need revelation from him to go through the day, um, or we need a specific word from him to go through the day, or specific instruction from him to go through our day. And I'm not saying it's none of those; it might be, but maybe some days all we need is just to have been quiet in the morning. And I think that brings us to the main purpose mm. of the secret place. The main purpose is to draw away. Mm. Come away with me, mm. says the Lord. And he, the word says that if we draw near to him, he will draw <laughs> near us. to us. So I think very helpful is the reality of Eden, the garden mm. in the mm. beginning. Yes. You see, God planted a garden mm. He formed Adam outside the garden, out of the soil of the earth. But then he put Adam inside the garden. Mm. And we know that this was a place of provision, mm. of security and protection. This was a place where he would walk with God. Mm. It was a place where he was walking in authority, but when man fell and sinned, 
the consequence was that God removed them from the garden. Mm. And they uh, had to go out of the garden into creation, into the mm. world. Mm. And so we can perceive the garden as a place where the two realms, as we know it today, uh, came together as one place. Mm. Mm. It wasn't a bridge, it was just that the mm. realm of the kingdom of heaven and the realm of creation, the earth and the heavens, were not separated from each other mm. yet. Yet the earth uh, represented the one extreme mm. and the uh, kingdom of heaven, presence of God eternally was the other extreme, but they flowed together and the place where they flowed together and met was uh, the garden. Mm -hmm. There was no separation yet. And when the separation happened, um, Adam was removed from the garden and removed to the furthest extreme mm -hmm. from the very holiness and presence of God. And I think we can perceive the quiet place and the secret place. Mm. Firstly, it is the Holy Spirit. Yes. So, the secret place is the Holy Spirit. And secondly, it's like the Garden of Eden. Mm. It is the place where we are in between the realms of earth and the kingdom of heaven. Remember, we've been back, baptized into Messiah. We are seated in heavenly places in Messiah, mm -hmm. so on His throne with Him. Our life is hidden there, and we are supposed to have access and fellowship and intimacy with that mm -hmm. reality. Mm -hmm. And yet, and that all happens in the Spirit for us while we're in the flesh, and yet we are on earth. So in the quiet place in prayer, it's the same dynamic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'm in my room, in the flesh, and yet I'm going to transition mm. and transcend the confinement of earth and my fleshly body and existence and have a meeting with God in the Spirit. Mm. So it's in the Spirit. And the Spirit is the quiet place and the secret place, mm. just like the Garden of Eden mm. was a connection point between heaven and earth, mm. and still is. So I think let's continue the conversation, the discussion on what we can and even should expect and maybe what not. And um, firstly, I'd like to clarify that we should definitely, in our quiet time with the Lord, have a, have a mindset and cultivate an attitude of arriving expectantly. We should be hopeful. We should be full of faith. Uh, we should be excited to be able to draw near to our God and to have fellowship, uh, intimate fellowship time with Him. Uh, when we talk about negative expectation, that would simply just be any expectation for me, for my own person, for my own sake. Um, and I'm sure 
we all have enough experience and knowledge and understanding to know what that looks like. So we won't put too much emphasis on that aspect of it. We would rather like to put more uh, emphasis and clarification on what we should expect, what we should be excited about when we do meet with the Lord. But remember, the first thing when Moses turns aside to see the burning bushes, God says to him, Moses, how are you today? <laughs> do you need anything? Moses, before I light this bush, before I speak to you about my plan, about sending you to Egypt, how has the 40 years been in the desert? Yes. <laughs> Moses, um, how are you doing? Do you, need, do you need anything? How's your finances? I'm going to tell you where the lost sheep is so that you don't stress about it while we have our conversation. So the, the, the reality is that the first thing is that God says, Moses, take off your shoes, for this is holy ground. And there's going to be interaction between them. Mm -hmm. Moses is still going to speak his mind. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's a real discussion. A real two, discussion. Two persons that are involved in a conversation. It's not just him listening to a monologue. No. There's interaction. But the first step was Moses take off your shoes. Mm -hmm. And so, although we are walking with God, mm -hmm. <coughs> so we walk with Yahushua. Yes. We live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. And yet our expectation should be to continue in this relationship, mm. yet it's not going to be about us. Exactly. And I think this leads us straight into this very first aspect of, he says, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place. And when we look at our Lord himself, our Lord Yahushua, we see that during the day, he is when he is on earth, during the day he's quite busy. <laughs> and so we see oftentimes at night he withdraws to a mountain top or to a mountain. And I always find it very interesting because the writers tend to put a lot of uh, emphasis on the fact that he went to the mountain alone by himself. <laughs> and I always think, why do you have to emphasize it so much? What they're really trying to point out and emphasize is the fact that he's not accompanied by anyone or maybe even anything. And so we see what he does in this withdrawing to a mountain is there's this real separation from the world. And I mean, he's come to the world to, to serve the people, to be a living sacrifice and to demonstrate the way we should walk this out. But when he withdraws to the mountain to pray, we see that he actually almost isolates himself from all of that, separates himself entirely from everyone, from everything, even from the day's work, from the people, from the multitude, separates himself completely to spend time with his Father mm. in prayer, to be, to have intimate fellowship with his Father. And we don't see that when he comes down the mountain, he goes, oh, I had this experience with the Lord. It was just supposed to be intimate. Mm. It was just supposed to be time spent with his father, mm. to be strengthened, to you know just find himself in the presence of of his God, of his father, and you know spend time at home because we know that he is in the world to serve the world, but he we do understand that he understands 
that he's only in the world for a time. He's come from the Father, he's going back to the Father. And so there's all of that happening while he withdraws. But the, but what we want to look at specifically here is that there is the very first action and attitude of separating ourselves from the world, from our lives, from the people who are important to us or even unimportant to us, from our circumstances and our situations, from life events, separate ourselves from all of that. And so... I'm quite sure that when the Lord said this, he doesn't necessarily mean go into a room and shut a door. I think there's the entire aspects, all of the aspects surrounding that. There's a separation and an isolation. So I'm going to draw away from the world. I'm going to draw away from myself even. And I'm going to draw near to God. Mm. And so that would be the first aspect of this that we want to just uh, explore and you know look at a bit more is this drawing away from the world and drawing near to God. Because we know when we draw near to God, He draws near to us. We can organize this uh, process in any way that we, that we can practically. And we can set aside the time at any time. But I find that in our modern world, um, mothers, parents find it difficult. And I mm. think this is a challenge that we should take up as believers. Yes. And that is to um, make sure that we teach our children, we teach the people around us, that there would be a time when I withdraw unto the Lord. And I think for families, people misunderstand how doing the thing that is contrary to the, the way the world does it is going to bring them blessing and is actually going to bring huge benefit. Mm -hmm. So instead of racing around in the morning to get the children ready for school and yourself ready for work and then pray on the way in the car to work, um, instead of that, there's merit in teaching your family that there will be a time in the morning when you're not available and that this is non-negotiable. Yes. So, it's, I want to encourage people to become selfish when it comes to the ways of God, to become adamant mm -hmm. and to put things in place. Now, what does it look like? You don't need half an hour. You don't need hours and hours. You know, the place in the secret, or the, the time in the secret place can be literally five minutes, ten minutes, whatever you have. But to first draw away unto the Lord is vitally important. We want to avoid a mindset where we think, well, I need an hour because the whole conversation has to happen in the quiet place. No, we need a place where we separate from our usual thoughts. We, we, we gain control mm. or we bring our thoughts and our feelings and our life under, into the administration of God. Mm. We bring it under His um, sovereign uh, rulership. Mm. So we submit and subdue life in these moments. You need five minutes. And oftentimes if you had your quiet time or your secret place time uh, in just drawing near to the Lord, focusing on who He is, why you are on earth, mm. what the purpose is of life, that is to fulfill your destiny in Him, be part of uh, what He's doing. Mm. 
to be conformed to the image of His Son, uh, and that's for the whole body. That will lead to Him speaking to you while you're brushing your teeth, or while you're in the shower, or driving to work. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe that driving to work should replace the quiet time. Mm -hmm. The quiet time is not for Him to quickly give you all the instructions for the day. The quiet time, the secret place is for you to draw near to Him, to draw away from everything else, mm. to be with Him, mm. to fix your heart and your mind and your attention, your life upon Him. Yes. This is the most important, and the expectation shouldn't be that He should speak to you. The mm. expectation is for me to honor the Lord, by drawing myself away, sanctifying myself, mm. Mm. Um, like the things of the temple, the holy things of the temple were set aside for God mm. Mm. and for His purposes. We use a quiet time in the day to set ourselves apart unto exactly. God exactly. for His purposes and to be again separate ourselves unto holiness. Yes. I think perhaps the best way to actually just sum all of this up is be still and know that I'm Yahweh. I think sometimes, you know, we oftentimes we want to measure was this a successful quiet time? Did I do what I was supposed to do? Did I get what I was supposed to get? And I think maybe we misunderstand the purpose of, of the quiet time or the secret place. Yes, there are times when we bring our petitions and there are times when we, uh, you know, cry out to the Lord. And all of that is part of prayer. But I think what we m maybe misunderstand sometimes is that not all prayer is the same as quiet time. So quiet time forms a part of our prayer life. But there are some prayers where we more actively participate in prayer. Sometimes where we use it for prophecy, where we do bring our petitions, where we actively you know, do certain things in prayer, but the quiet time or the secret place, I find is specifically more there so that we can remind ourselves, again, set our minds, our vision, our understanding, bring ourselves to be immersed by God, by who He is and what He is, so that we can realign our thoughts. And this is why we encourage it, uh, quiet time to be in the mornings, because this means that the rest of our day Will, be, will flow from this immersion, from this realignment, from just re-looking, refocusing all our attention, motivation, our heart on the character of God, the person of God, uh, intimate fellowship with God, what we know about Him and His person and His plan. Mm. Well, okay, so how do we measure if we've had a successful quiet time or not? Well, like you said, we don't need, it doesn't have to be that the Lord has to speak to us or give us new revelation from the Word. If, if quiet time is there for us to refocus our attention and our hearts on who He is, then, and we've had this discussion for us practically, that would mean that I don't necessarily have to spend my quiet time reading the Bible. But if I am to focus my attention and my heart on the Lord, and He is the Word, then one of the safest and possibly easiest ways to do that is to spend time reading. But this would be because this is who He is. That this is the Word. So instead of coming to the, so the academic book, this is an academic book as well, 
This is a book of instruction. This is a life manual. But at times we come to the Bible and we come with a different attitude, a different heart, a mm. different posture. Now we're coming to the Word. Mm. And we're going to fellowship with Him in His Word and as the Word. As His expressed self. And so this answers one of the questions that we receive sometimes. And that is, should watching teachings or working through teachings be part of the quiet time? The answer is no. Mm. There's discipling time, equipping time. Mm. There's time where we focus specifically on intercession. There's times when we bring our requests and supplication into the presence of God. But we want to have a, it could even be a very short, brief, quiet time with the Lord. Mm. Now we can continue in the secret place and we can transition in our prayer life to time of bringing our supplication and our request to the Lord. Mm. But we're going to fellowship with the Word in quiet time. Exactly. So, so just reading the Word for the purpose of having Him revealed to us uh, would be one of the better ways to spend our quiet time because we are looking directly at Him as the Word. Um, Something else that we might sometimes forget is that the purpose of quiet time might just be for us to become quiet. Mm. And not necessarily to receive new revelation or a word or anything from the Lord, but just Him creating a space for us to become still, to become quiet. And then that might have been the purpose mm. of the quiet time for the day. Um, so, so these are the main points we're making. Quiet time. Come expectant to spend time with Him, mm. to reflect on Him, and He will reveal Himself so we can behold Him. Okay. We want to exclude from our secret place, quiet time in the day, want to exclude all the other aspects of prayer. This will be for us to come to separate ourselves unto Him. Out of this could flow times of intercession. Remember beginning and end. So we know when we are going to flow into, we have changed attitude or posture, and now we're going to uh, enthrone the Lord in praises and worship. This could be part of quiet time, but it flows out of a separating oneself. Mm -hmm. Then there's a time when we are going to um, entreat the Lord for his help is strengthening us, etc., etc. Then there's going to be time when we intercede for the body. Mm. There's going to be times of equipping and discipleship. Yeah, our focus is to work through teachings, to work through a Bible study. But when we're going to read the Word of God in our quiet time, it's not part of the study. It's part of drawing close to Him. So there's different postures and attitudes. The expectation is that we are going to draw close to Him and He will draw close to us. There's not, the expectation is not that in these times He should give us revelation, speak to us, and so forth. So there's the power and there's the presence of God. And we should be able to differentiate that 
we inquire and we seek the presence of the Lord. We seek bringing our presence and submitting and making it available for His presence. And here we're not seeking His power necessarily. Mm. There's the heart and the mind of God. So in discipling and equipping time, we're looking for the knowledge of God. Here we're looking for the heart of God, the presence of God. Mm. So we can find it by meditating on His great works, His character and His characteristics on His Word. But it's not about that, it's about drawing near to Him. Mm. And then there's the difference between the anointing and the purposes of God and just the person and the presence of God. So in quiet time we're looking for His presence and His person. Uh, through the functional part of our lives where we're out there walking out His will for our lives, we're looking for His anointing, for His power, for His input, for His guidance, for His strengthening, so that we can go and do and live and be who we're supposed to be, to witness. The quiet time is inside. There you're witnessing unto the Lord and He's witnessing unto you. So it's um, holding each other.